Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Empire. Play Fantasy Baseball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mindy here, joined by me, myself, and I, as it is just me recording solo dolo on this intro today. Uh, but of course, the whole pod will not be by myself. So don't worry, you will not hear this voice for an hour straight. But I promise you guys, we have a great show planned for you today. In today's episode, we have September stockpiling. It's the final countdown. As in, we have the last few weeks of the fancy baseball season to grind through. So we got to finish strong and we got to help the people out with these tough decisions. Those decisions about picking up a pitcher after one or two good starts, home run happy bats, unexpected speed, and much more. And best of all, we've got some of the best in the biz here to talk about these 10 high priority ads, or maybe you think you should leave their tushies on the waiver wire. Either way, there's some talent that we're going to talk about tonight. And talking about talent, you need some talent. So we've got the Roto Fanatic team, a chunk of the Roto Fanatic team in Mr. Dave Funnel, Mr. Mike Carter. And Mr. Michael Richards, a star-studded group for what is sure to be a fun show. Make sure to stay tuned for that. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, if you were going to make a commercial to advertise Major League Baseball, give us the premise of what it would entail. It's going to be a doozy here in our commercials. And finally, our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to see another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah. All right, so some news and notes here. This is, again, recording August 31st. So whether this comes out at the end of this week on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, just know, obviously, these are when these news and notes are dated from here. Angels Southpaw Patrick Sandoval is out for the year with a stress fracture in his back. For Sandoval, this is an unfortunate setback for what appears to be a time when he was establishing himself in the Angels' rotation. Still, the Angels have to be encouraged from what they saw as they've not been able to develop any type of pitching over the last few seasons. He finishes the year with a 3.62 ERA, 4.03 FIP, and 87 innings with a 25.9 strikeout rate, 9.9% walk rate, and solid 50.7% ground ball rate. I think he'll be on a lot of sleeper radars next season. Kenta Maeda will undergo elbow surgery this week and he's going to be shut down for the rest of the season. It's a disappointing end to the toughest season of Maeda's six-year big league career. He's obviously posted consistently above-average numbers between 2016 to 2019 with the Dodgers. Minnesota acquired him last year, and he had the best campaign of his 
short of his career in the shortened season. So he had a 270 ERA over 66 and two thirds innings, and he was runner up to the AL Cy Young. Could not replicate that this year as his ERA ballooned to a career worst 467 over 106 and a third frames. The 33-year-old has saw decreases in his strikeout and growing ball rate relative to last season. You have to wonder if maybe Dom, Tommy John could eventually be on the table here. Um, obviously, in any type of dynasty league, he has no value at this point. Redraft value, probably not going to see him the way it looks until 2023. And at that point, who knows what kind of value he's going to be. The Tigers are welcoming back two veterans in Matthew Boyd and Jose Urant to the rotation. Matthew Boyd pitched the other day against the Blue Jays. And uh, they some veterans needed in that staff of a bunch of young pitchers there. The Indians optioned reliever James Karinchak to AAA. Karinchak was a popular breakout candidate this season because of his gaudy strikeout numbers. And for a while, he made good on that promise. But it's been a different story in the second half of this year. After recording a 42.5% strikeout rate in the first half, which is just absurd, that number fell to 12.5% in the second half, while his FIP tumbled from 312 to 764. Those were compiled with his spin rates also plummeting all season long on both his fastball and curveball. His end zone swing and miss percentages fell off as well from 26% on his four-seamer in June to 9% in August. So around the time the sticky substance stuff was coming around there. So don't really know what's going to happen with James Karinchak, but right now it is not good. If you have him in any type of redraft league, you can safely drop him. Uh, he's not going to be most likely helping you the rest of this fantasy season here. Pablo Lopez was scratched from his schedule start on Thursday. He's now returning to Miami. The Pirates have released a Gregory Polanco, a Gregory Polanco experience, man. He's, he was full of empty promises his whole career. The Red Sox announced they've placed utility men Kike Hernandez on the COVID IL. Noah Syndergaard has tested positive for COVID-19, another setback on his return. The Nationals have called up catching prospect Kyber Ruiz, who has long been viewed as an impact prospect, being in Baseball America's top 100 list each of the last four years. However, he, uh, as he's reached the uh, highest level of the minors here, it was difficult for him to get playing time in L.A. because they had Will Smith. Now, obviously, with the Nationals, he is now the number one prospect in the national system. In AAA this year, Ruiz has put up tremendous numbers. In 72 games between the two organizations, he has a 310, 377, 16, 616 slash with an RC, WRC plus of 141. And if he produces anything like that in the big league levels, he's going to be one of the best offensive catchers in the game. His strikeout rate is also extremely low for a hitter. So very exciting young prospect, this Mr. Kyber Ruiz. And we're going to have to watch that play out. I think he's, as you'll hear Michael Richards talk about on the show, he's glowing about him. And I think he'd be a great pickup, as he says, down the stretch here, whether it's for two catcher league or one catcher league, he's going to help you out where you need it. But you enjoy hearing about Kyber Ruiz and the hype train that is the Kyber Ruiz hype train. Make sure you tune in to all the great content over at Triple Play Fantasy. And if you want to hear more of what we've got on the Triple Play Fantasy Network, we've got our football and baseball, I'm sorry, football and basketball podcast, including the fantasy baseball one you're listening to, the Super Fantasy Bros Between the Seams with Marty and Mac, and the Tripwire, all the shorter content like Coach's Corners, Fantasy Foodies, Movie Minutes, and more on our YouTube channel. Writing is more your style. Go to tripplayfantasy.com for all the great articles from our talented writers. And of course, all can be found if you follow the social media account on Twitter at TripPlayFantasy. Now, we know that podcasts come in all shapes and sizes. You've got the small ones. You've got the long ones. you got the firm ones. Uh, I'll stop myself here, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, but ultimately, the, whether you like whatever you like here, there's one thing we can agree on. It's that a bad podcast could be the downfall of a great fantasy team. 
high and fatty players, low and lean players. They'll they'll get you to the finish line, but uh, lots of losing if if you get my drift. Now, <laughs> when I wrote this, when I wrote this, it sounded better that it actually came out. It sounds like I'm all over the place, and I apologize. Uh, it is that is not one of my better lead-ins here. I hope Art leaves that in because it's it's being real with you guys. That one was very all over the place. So uh, I will get back to the good ones after uh my hiatus. But um, anyway, appreciate you guys for tuning in to all the stuff Triple Play has to offer here. We'll make sure we jump into September stockpiling. Of course, after a quick break here, but before I go, I will be out next show because I'm going to be heading to my wedding this weekend. On Friday, I'm getting married, and then we're going to our honeymoon in Aruba. So Doc will be hosting the show next week, and you can expect uh, maybe a guest coming in, in a couple weeks too, uh, a very special guest of this show. Uh, that many of you have listened to over over the years here, or not over the years, it's been a year and a half since we've been here, but for uh, since we started, there a, a voice that hopefully will be coming on again very soon that I'm very excited for you guys to get to listen to him again. So um, until then, I will catch you guys in a couple weeks. Hope you all stay safe out there and stay tuned now for some September stockpiling. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D-Mendy here, joined by no cheesecake, joined by no doc. So we had to bring in an entire team to replace the usuals on this show. We got a Roto Fanatic team. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we welcome in some men that you could say I'm a huge, or I'm huge fans of generally. Heck, you could even call me a fanatic of these guys. We have a high A West correspondent for Prospect 1500, a prospect analyst. Heck, the P in his name has to stand for Prospect. Of course, that is Mr. Michael Richards. How's it going, man? It's going great, David. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, I love what you've been doing on Twitter, and uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun talking with you today. Pumped having you, and I'm pumped having the rest of your crew here, which another guy here, of course, is a Twins Prospect 1500 background actor here. Also, who's going to get some lines in this show today, as he's been looking for those lines. He'll also be doing anything but be in the background. And that is, of course, Mr. Dave Funnel. How's it going? Hey, man, it's good to be here. Love what you guys are doing, and uh, just here to talk. Let's do it. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm really pumped. You both, and then... You guys being the, the first time on the show, I had to bring in a grizzled veteran here just to, uh, you know. Very, be- very grizzled. Very grizzled. <laughs> <laughs> and that, of course, is the dad of Elle and Jack and also Jack's smelly farts. The closer coming on to the show that writes for Rota Fanatic, SP Streamer, Nine Inning Know-It-All on fan tracks, and he's our principal. That, of course, is Mr. Dr. Mike Carr. How's it going? Oh, David, it's good to be back on with you, man. I've look, been looking forward to this, and uh, good to be on with Dave and with Michael as well, two uh, fantastic writers, uh, genius-level type people doing what they do. So really happy to be on with you guys. Yeah, again, great group. 
we were kind of behind the scenes putting something together. I wanted to get a, a bunch of Roto Fanatic guys. You guys are doing awesome stuff over there. Wanted to bring some more light to all the great things going on there with some of the great people in the fantasy baseball industry. So, uh, Mike, I'll just go to you first. What can you tell some people all the great stuff that are going on at Roto Fanatic and and all the things that people need to be checking out that you guys are doing? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a pretty awesome team of people over there. It's uh, these two clowns and me um, and Crosby Spencer and Paul Mamino, who is um, I used the word genius earlier to describe these two guys. Paul is doing stuff that I've I've never even thought about. <laughs> I mean, he's putting numbers together and giving me charts and saying, "Here, read this." I'm like, I don't know what the hell this means. So uh, Carmen Morano, uh, of course, and our, our founder Matt Williams. Um, did I leave anybody out, guys? I think that's a, is that Phil? everybody. Oh, Phil, Phil might, he might still be awake in Ireland listening. So, um, (laughs) but no, honestly, these guys are fantastic. They're putting together really good content and we're really going to be working in the next year to be putting out more content on a weekly basis, doing a little bit more writing, doing a little bit more with the podcast. Michael Govier, of course, uh, I I forgot him. How could you forget that guy? And, and, you know, the Mr. Character himself, Um, a lot of good ideas coming out. Uh, You know, we're growing this thing and, and, and hoping to, kind of take it to the next level here next year. We've got a lot of really good ideas coming together for um, late fall and for early spring. And uh, these two guys are a huge part of that. Um, it's It's been really a, a great uh, group of people to work with. I think that, you know, as all things start, you know, people are really busy and, and obviously, you know, things started during COVID for us. And I think that as we've kind of gone through that and kind of come out, trying to come out on the other side of it, we're all kind of trying to feel out what those roles are going to be within the team, you know, similar to how a, a you know, a, a dream team would come together and everybody kind of finds their role. I'm definitely the Christian Leitner of this dream team. Um, <laughs> come on now. The guy, the, the guy who, the guy who doesn't belong, um, the one who gets bullied in practice. No, 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 I'm kidding. But, um, you know, it's, it, we got a lot of really good stuff coming up there. Uh, the data monster obviously is something that we're really high on and totally stoked about. Uh, Crosby's Park Factors. Um, the stuff that Michael is doing, I think, is um, it, he's going to be really well known in this field. It's revolutionary. And Dave's doing the infirmary report, which is a you know five thousand page monster every weekend with all the injuries that we've had. Uh, it's totally a labor of love. And these guys, you know, I think people forget a lot of times that none of us are really getting paid to do these types of things, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all volunteer work. We all do it because we love it and because we feel like we might be able to help fantasy players out there, you know, get a little bit of an edge on something. Um, and, it, you know, you'll do it again next year when you get that one person who, you know, shares your tweet and thanks you for something that was helpful to them, you know. is a That's really what I do it for, you know. Um, it's really a lot of fun. A great group of guys over there. Yeah, you could say it's this type of chemistry. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> That's all the chemistry that you hear at Roto, at Roto Fanatic. That's everybody getting along, putting out great content. <laughs> they do great. And I do realize now that I can't say Mike because there's two Mike's on this show as we talked about. Because that originally he's, was he's Michael. He's, yeah, Michael. He's the, he's the Michael. Okay, so they'll, we'll do Michael and Mike. That's, that's how we're going <laughs> to do this. And luckily there's two Daves too, but I don't have to introduce myself. So <laughs> that we'll, you'll, be the, you'll be the Dave tonight. So. Okay, uh, we got a great show for everybody. A, a lot of great stuff coming here down the stretch as we have September stockpiling. Yes, and uh, I love the alliteration. So anytime I can make it work, I'm going to make it work. And what we mean <laughs> by September stockpiling is it's the final countdown. 
And we have these last few weeks of the fantasy baseball season to grind through. So let's finish strong, help people out with these tough decisions. Of course, that could be finding that pitcher with one or two good starts down the stretch that you are, you're buying in on with his schedule, home run, happy bat, some unexpected speed, all that much more. Of course, stockpiling talent can be hard. So what we're going to be doing is looking at the last few weeks of some names that have been popping up of guys. Again, maybe they had one good start. They're kind of making you raise an eyebrow here, or mm -hmm. they're, they're picking up some stolen bags and, and you can use that down the stretch. So we've got five hitters and five pitchers. I want to get through here. The first guy we're going to talk about is Rafael. Ortega. Rafael Ortega. And he's been looking pretty good for the Chicago Cubs who pretty much down the stretch have just been giving a lot of young guys some playing here. Now over the last couple of weeks, he hasn't been great. He's only hitting 175 and 40 at bats with two homers and eight RBIs and one steal. But he's been a guy that's been getting consistent playing time, playing a bunch of different spots in the outfield for the Chicago Cubs. I'm interested, Michael, is Rafael Ortega somebody that you're trusting on your fantasy team as we get into these last four weeks here? Like Michael can't hear me, so we're going to go to Dave Funnel. Uh, Same for you. Yeah, I don't mind him that much. Um I, I get some ringing endorsement. <laughs> I don't mind him. I don't him. mind him. I, <laughs> I do. I do love September baseball though, because um, you really get to see after the trade deadline and and things start ironing themselves out that you get to see the teams that are either playing for something or if they're not playing for anything, they're just gonna pound the rock with and they want to see what they've got. So with Ortega, I mean, he's going to get the counting stats for you because he's going to play every day. How well he'll do, I'm not so sure. I mean, he'll, he'll walk, he'll get on base. He's got a little bit of power, but overall, if you need the counting stats, I'd go for it if you want the games played. He might not kill your averages if you're playing Roto because it's been a whole season, but um, Ortega's okay. I'd give him about a 5 out of 10. He's in the middle for me. Yeah, that that was that's a hard. I mean, these are definitely like kind of fringe worthy players. Mm -hmm. They're not usually not too many slam dunks here. If yeah. I said, Dave, you're walking the plank. You're oh, jumping wow. in. You're jumping in the water. If you don't tell me yes or no, what do you pick up? Uh, I am yes. I am on board with him. Ah, taking, there we go. I like I'm taking him. him. I'll trust them for a week or two and let's see what happens. Cause he's going to play every day. So I, I do like the counting stats. Um, let's see where it goes. I'll trust them. All right. So Michael, that question was originally going to you. So I'm going to ask your thoughts on it as well. Rafael Ortega, I was spinning some pretty awful stats over the last couple of weeks here, but their playing time is there. Like Dave was alluding to, and the counting stats could be there. Are you in on Rafael Ortega? Well, as you guys said, everything's based on, the league size and your team and your team needs. He does have a lot of things going for him. The playing time. He's has eight stolen bases and eight home runs. So there's not a lot of guys who bring some level of power speed usually available uh, this late in the season. Um, I'm not a, a huge believer in him long-term, but since we're down the stretch here, he is someone that I do have on a couple of my teams right now, and I'm willing to keep him there as long as he's not going over four every game. And then, you know, I'm just riding the hot hand with him with a with a power speed profile. And and the Cubs are going to give him a chance to play. So 
That's my question is why are the Cubs giving him a chance to play? He's 30 years old. He can't hit lefties. He's, I mean, it's a small sample size. I, I shouldn't make such a stunning comment about him not hitting lefties. But why, if you're a rebuilding team, why are you giving a 30-year-old guy an opportunity? Why Don't they have anybody younger that they want to give a chance to? Don't they, don't they want to bench Jay Hay and see if they have anything else lower in the minor leagues that might be something that's helpful? I don't mind him either. I mean, he, he's got eight home runs and eight steals. I think last time I checked, and David's right, his last couple of weeks have not been very good. Um, you know, I just I don't know. I mean, I, I think that you, there's probably better options out there. And here's the here's the problem that I always run into. And you guys probably because you're smarter than me, have probably better insight to this. But I get really stuck in at this time of year. I get really stuck on the idea like, OK, I'm not going to bench Bryce Harper for one of these type of guys. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand picking up the hot hand and picking up, you know, a, a guy like Patrick Wisdom who might hit five home runs in a week. And, and that's fine. And I get that. But I always really get stuck on the idea that, like, damn it, I drafted Bryce Harper, and I'm going to ride Bryce Harper till I, you know, I'll die on that hill, yeah. and I won't, and I won't use Rafael Ortega, even though he could probably help me. I don't think you should bench your stars like that. Uh, but when I'm talking about Rafael Ortega, or when we are here, I'm thinking more as like your last outfielder. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not like, oh, I'm going to play him over first round picks, right? Right. Thing. It's, it's like I'm going to play him. If I need, because he could give you two home runs and two steals in a week, also, and that could be a difference maker for you in a league, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so as my fifth outfielder, fourth outfielder, if I don't have better players, I'm willing to ride it. Yeah, yeah, I totally can understand that. And you brought up a good point, though, about like benching your start. The one thing you got to be too careful about it, but if you just look at the matchups for the week, if if your star has five games and let's say the Cubs with Ortega or whoever they're playing every day has seven games, mm-hmm. it's it gets to that point where it's it's a little more even, especially when it gets down to like a let's say in head to head, if mm-hmm. every every hit counts, every at bat counts. So it it there there's a fine line of just remember like going with your stars, but then you, you, it's also lineup constructed as well. Mm-hmm. If you look at the matchups, if they're in Colorado or they're, it's a good matchup for the week, it sometimes makes it tricky. So you've just got to keep an eye on what's coming, what they're doing. You've really got to be on top of things here in September. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So it sounds like for the most part, we're uh, sold on Ortega helping you out down the stretch here. We're talking about the Cubs, so let's just go over to his teammate that Mr. Mike Carter alluded to, and that's Patrick Wisdom. Oh, I see. And it's a good transition from you, Dyer. That's why there you're a go. professional here. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the last few weeks, he's hit 238. He's got 22 strikeouts and 42 at-bats. So that strikeout percentage, not looking very good. It hasn't been great most of the season. He does have seven home runs over that stretch, though. So are you in? I mean, pretty much it's it's power. That's all you're getting Patrick Wisdom for. Is that enough? for you to want to roster him down the stretch here. Let's start off with Michael here. Well, again, with all these players, it's going to be league dependent. If I needed power and I could afford the hit and batting average, he's definitely someone that I would roster in a deeper league. And, you know, I play a lot of leagues that are really deep. So all the players that we're going to talk about, they're already on everyone's roster. But, you know, if we're playing like a 10 team league or something, I'm probably not going to be, messing with any of these guys. Mm-hmm. But when we get into 12, 15 and stuff, 16 team leagues, like that's when these sort of players can come in and are just worth a shot, basically. So I, I see him, like you said, a lot of strikeouts. 
Maybe he hits you a couple home runs in a week. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to play him in a league where I needed batting average, or that mm-hmm. or that could that could hurt me. You know, you're not going to get any speed. So it really is. It's like a a poor man's Miguel Sano or something. Mm-hmm. So it, it, like it has value, and guys like that can lead the league in home runs in a week. Mm-hmm. But they could also go over sixteen. No, that's true. And I think you get context is important. Besides league, if you know you have batting average, he's going to be a huge detriment to that. Mike Carter, are you on the same train here as your buddy, Mr. Michael Richards? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, he's got 25 home runs and 254 at bats, which is pretty impressive, right? I mean, that's that's as Michael said, I mean, he might he could hit five or six home runs in a week easily, depending on what's going on. But he's also got a 40 percent K percentage. And he struck out 45% of the time since the All-Star break. I think I'm out on him. Um, deep league, like Michael said, um, and you're like starting Eric Hosmer or something like that, then, yeah, I think it's worth the risk um, to get those stats. It depends on what you need, but um, I'm probably out on him uh, in just about every league that I would be in. Okay, fair enough. I do want to slide over to this next person here because I want to talk some pitchers too. And so, Dave, I'm going to have you lead off on this next guy who actually recently just came off the injured list, and that is Matthew Boyd, who mm-hmm. has kind of been letting us down, I feel like, consistently for many, many years. Everybody's kind of been expecting that Matthew Boyd was going to make that leap into what we thought was going to be something, and he's teased us, he's teased us, and he's teased us. He's Now he's back. Do you trust him down the stretch as someone you can roster on your team? I, I will trust him after his next start. Uh, as good as he was in his last start, it was two home runs, wasn't it? He gave up two home runs to the Jays. Yeah. I mean, against the Jays, obviously, it's a great lineup. But that was his Achilles heel last year was the home runs. Um, and and he, just looking at his stats last year, he gave up, what, 15 home runs last year. And before the Jays game, he had only given up, uh, if I can do some math, 3-6. Uh, so... He was out for a while with an injury. I I need to see a little bit more. I want to make sure. I think he's again. Is it Cincinnati coming up or something? It's it's a tough tough schedule coming up for him. A tough start. But I want to see if he can uh, keep the ball in the park. If he does that, then I'm on board. But if he doesn't, mm-hmm. I think he might be back to where he was last year. So, Mr. Richards, are you on the same boat as that? Uh, well, Matthew Boyd. I do have concerns with him. He has pitched well this year, but anyone coming off the in, an injury like this, I'm I'm concerned about sliding him right back into the lineup. For me, it'd be like a matchup play, like Dave said. He he's a ground he's a, he's a fly ball pitcher. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get a lot of wins for Detroit. And again, this there's such a small amount of time left in the season that any of these players could be horrendous or play like top 50 guys down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's hard to say like, no, but I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking for different types of pitchers down the stretch if I can find them, but obviously in a deep enough league, Matthew Boyd's going to be the best player available. So, mm-hmm. but overall, I'm not a huge believer. His strikeouts are, are down from even last year in 2019, big time. Yep. So I'm, 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 I'm scared of him if I'm trying to win a league with pitching. No, yeah. And it, it looks like he's against the reds and then possibly even the Rays after that. So, and it could be even two games against the Rays. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm off board. I'm off board right now. 
I'll play it safer. I'll I'll stream. I'll find something else going forward. I'll play the streaming game. I, I don't mind doing that down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm I'm off him for now. Yeah, the 19.3% K percentage this year is really kind of alarming. I mean, if he was if he was up above league average where he's been in the past, I think it would be worth taking a flyer on. Um, Detroit has played better. To Michael's point, they're not great, but they've played better. And I would be willing to take that risk. But I don't like where he's at right now. I'm a little concerned about coming off the injury. I did grab him in a couple of leagues and stash him just in case he does get hot. Um, you know, I had a, I had a spot where I could, where I could hold on to him. So that's what I'm doing. I, I would say that I'm out on him at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think Matthew Boyd is always a scary proposition. He's going to get yeah. a lot of fly balls. This next pitcher that I want to get into, and I'm going to have Dave, you lead off with this guy. Yeah. Let's talk about Jesus Lazardo, who in his last start for the first time in, he, this was, he hadn't given up three earned runs or less before this start until uh, and since August 2nd. And he hasn't given up one run or less since June 15th. So oh this was six, six shutout innings with eight strikeouts. Now, I think some of the interesting things from this start, one, he has glasses on now or goggles or whatever. So uh, maybe he's going with that. He couldn't see properly. I don't know. But that was the first thing I noticed. The second thing is his pitch mix entirely changed in this start. And maybe that's something that we're going to be optimistic about as in most of the time this season, he's been going heavy sinker as his top pitch, 28% of the time, then four seamer, 26%, curveball, 23%, mm-hmm. changeup, 22%. Now, in this start against the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds, he went changeup heavy and he went mm-hmm. sinker as his mo- least amount of used pitch, 31% changeup, 18% sinker, basically flip-flopped his pitch mix from mm-hmm. the season upside down, got 14 swings and seven whiffs on the changeup in this start. Good for a 34% CSW. Got a 56% CSW on his curveball. Now, there's a lot in this start. And and again, the Reds are a swing-happy team, and they're not necessarily too great against lefties. So go ahead, Dave. I'm like my fingers on the add Jesus Lazardo button. Should I pull it back? I, I would no, no. I'd, I'd click right now. We'll, we'll we'll wait for you if you really need to. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> no, uh, and, and it's amazing. First of all, like the first thing you said was with the the eyeglasses. It's amazing what eyesight can do. I I know Mike, you and I were talking about Ronaldo Lopez. The same thing. Yeah, eyes yeah. check, and now we can see. Um, so I know he said that he's going to keep wearing his glasses. I don't know if he feels it's good luck or not, but hey, I'm I'm on board with him. I think everyone should be. And um, I also think he's in a he's on a team that if any team's gonna fix him, if any team's gonna turn him around, it's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the it's Miami, and I think I'm on board for the rest of the year. I would take this, run with it, and um, obviously have a bit of a short leash just in case you know it's not fixed for this season. Obviously, in dynasty, his stock is huge, and it's gonna probably mm-hmm. get better after an off season with the Marlins, but take him now and roll with it. And then um, I think, I think it's going to help you out come playoff time. Mike, are, are we doing this? Are we going back into the Jesus Cesardo experiment here for this? You season? know, he sort of reminds me of that ex-girlfriend that keeps coming back and you keep letting her back in. 
<laughs> and maybe you guys don't have that same experience that I have, but I've I've had that experience a few times, and you just can't get rid of them. You just keep going back. You know, Lizardo, I, I, God, I want to believe, you know, it's like you, you want to really believe that these changes are permanent, but it's one start. And I, what you guys said about the pitch mix is right on. I've never understood why he doesn't throw his curveball more. I think he's got a really good curveball. If you look back at it historically, he's been able to get a lot of outs with that. And I think when you've got four pitches that you all throw about the same time, you know, if he can figure out a way to master that, I mean, it's going to be really impressive. I think um, it was a stroke of genius how Kim Eng got him for the, the Marlins. And um, I think if you're really desperate for pitching, and a lot of people are, I, I would add him. The one concern that I do have, and I don't know how you feel about it, Dave, is, you know, what kind of volume are they going to give him down the stretch? I mean, are they going to really let this guy open it up and throw six, seven innings at a time if he's capable of it? Or are they going to be limiting him to three or four innings? Because that really hurts your your chances of using him in a, in a, a playoff situation. You know, that's, that's the thing that always worries me down the stretch with some of these young guys is that teams can get conservative. Miami doesn't really have anything to play for. What if they decide, you know, that he's got that really juicy start coming up against somebody and they take him out after four innings and you're screwed, you know? I, I don't I know. Think, I think they might treat him like um, like taking him out for a test drive right now and see what they can work on in the offseason. So I, I think they will give him the innings. I think they will give him the chance to see what he's got because they obviously liked him enough to trade uh, to make that deal. And I think they're going to give him the innings down the stretch to make sure that he can – see exactly what they have and then they can go from there in the offseason and fix it can you imagine what that rotation could look like next year with health get out of the way yeah yeah absolutely that's it's like that meme of of the guy that goes yeah (laughs) that's literally what it is their rotation is disgusting the problem is they'll still probably try to figure out a way to get garrett cooper to be part of the mix or something you know (laughs) they'll totally blow it for everybody (laughs) now can i say though before we move to the next guy that like we need to acknowledge that the Marlins, I think, have somewhat an idea what they're doing in the sense of when we were killing them for trading Zach Gallon for Jazz Chisholm, we were like, what are they doing? Like, like he looks like he's going to be a bona fide ace. And Jazz Chisholm looks like he's going to be a foundational piece for them. And they have so much pitching. They really didn't need him. Like, yes. they have so many guys. Like The Marlins, really the Marlins be- have turned a lot of pitchers that aren't don't have as good a stuff as Lazardo into good pitchers. Yes, they have. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Great point. It's a good combination... If if and he's twenty three years old, mm-hmm. so on the spot, Michael Richards, where are you comfortable drafting Jesus Lazardo next year? In redraft leagues, in a redraft and dynasty, I'm sure everybody's trying to acquire him. Like, yeah, because his value is super low now. So in a redraft mm-hmm. league, where and obviously this can change if he has a great last month of the season, his his ADP is going to skyrocket again. But assuming that the season ended now. Where do you think I don't, I don't have a great understanding of the average draft position at the moment? Um, but but he is someone that I even as he's been struggling this season, he's someone I've had in the back of my mind to target where I need to, okay, next season. So as late as I need to, and if it gets to the point where people are looking at him like he's a made man, then I'm out. Okay, fair enough. Let's talk about, we're talking about trades because he was part of the trade. So let's talk about another pitcher that was in a trade. And that's Glenn Otto, who came mm-hmm. to the Yankee or came to the Rangers in the Joey Gallo deal. And in his debut, looked pretty darn good. Uh, tossed a couple, uh, he only has the one start so far, 5.2 innings, seven strikeouts, and uh, two hits mm-hmm. against the Houston Astros in his first start. Pretty good lineup, too, to have your first start against to, 
to be able to put up those type of numbers here. Went heavy on the fastball and slider combination as that was kind of his one-two punch against them right now. The slider actually got eight of the nine whiffs in his start. So I'm going to go to you, Doc, first. Sure. Glenn Otto, we haven't seen him make his next start yet, but is this somebody that you think you want to pick up and use some fab on as we enter the last month here? Yeah, I mean, I need some help, right? Like, I, you know, I'm, I've lost Zach Aflin, and then the clarity went down again, so I definitely am going to be targeting some pitchers this week. And uh, if you look at his minor, minor league stuff, um, I know it's only one start, and we can't really make too much of a um, – surmising of one one start but you know in the minor leagues he's hit his uh career 16 and 8 303 era 1.19 whip 246 strikeouts and 187 innings that speaks to me a little bit now he was not a real michael would know more about this than i would but i don't think he was a very heralded prospect in new york i mean they had guys like davy garcia and people you know um clark schmidt and those guys ahead of him and and much more hyped but this guy looks like he actually knows how to pitch which is kind of an interesting thing and you know what there's a lot of history of guys from rice university going to the major leagues and being really successful by being smart guys and knowing how to pitch. And so I, I, I'm interested. I'm intrigued on him. Um, I don't honestly, admittedly, don't know a ton about him. Um, but I, I'm intrigued enough to be, be able to throw a couple fab bids on him this weekend just to replace some guys that I've lost. Well, we, we do have the prospect guy here, we do. Michael Richard. So this, this is basically the red carpet now for you. You can go ahead and walk down. Tell us what we need to do with Glenn Otto. Is it someone we can trust here down the stretch? Well, I... I noticed him early on in the season. His numbers were standing out. The first problem I have with him is his age versus level, which is mm-hmm. the, the thing that I, so it's, it was hard for me to take the numbers seriously at first, but then it's continued. It continued at double A, triple A and into the first start. So the thing, here's where I'm at with him. He can strike people out. So if I'm chasing strikeouts and I can handle giving up some runs if that's part of what, what I'm doing. Basically, he's a strikeout guy that I would chase. As far as like his long term, everyone that I've talked to is is telling me that there's t- like too much reliever risk, which is why he's never been ranked very high in the prospect world. Mm-hmm. You know, as you said, the fastball slider. So he's probably I, I still think that's a possibility down the ro- down the road where he is be- does become like a multi inning reliever type type guy but um as far as down the stretch it, it's it's like they said like anyone can be helpful in small stretches they're going to give him a chance they acquired him in a trade they want to see what he can do and if the first starts any indication it's it's worth a small gamble in my opinion if well, if your team is in well because michael said that i'm going for it because he <laughs> i thought he was going to shit all over my parade and he is like endorsing it kind of so i'm going for it if Michael says that the guy's worth having, I'm going for it. He's worth speculating on to see if he can do it for a couple more starts. Yeah. If if your team can take him not doing it. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of faith in him. I don't want sure. to put that out there. It's just a, I do. I, I know how weird baseball is. And guys, it might take a few starts for the league to catch up to him. Sure. And that's what I'm banking on. <laughs> well, so this, I want to go from a guy that was traded to the Rangers from the Yankees to a guy that's on the Yankees right now. And, and Dave, are you a Twins fan by chance? I don't know for sure. Are you? I, I'm not. No, I, I just I write about their prospects though. But okay, so 
But well, you don't. Then I guess you don't understand the pain of the Twins when they play the Yankees because <laughs> it is absolutely brutal. Uh, but I'm going to ask you about a Yankees prospect here that's now getting a lot of playing time recently, and that's Andrew Velasquez, who over the last couple of weeks has kind of been somebody that's been plugged in a lot and hasn't been talked about. In the last 40 at bats, he's got a homer, six RBIs, and three steals, hitting 275. Uh, so he's giving him a little bit of speed. 14 strikeouts and 40 at bats. It's not horrible. Um, Definitely not. It could be a little bit better. So um, what are your thoughts on Andrew Velasquez? Is, is he going to get the necessary playing time, you think, in the month of September for him to be rosterable? I Well, here's the thing. I think I think Torres is coming back very soon. I think he's in a – I think in a rehab – doing a rehab assignment in Delaware or something like that soon. So I believe he was he'll, – he'll be bumped out of some playing time. If you need speed, I, I would pick him up and um, – see what you can get out of them. You're not going to get much of anything else though, really. So if you need speed, I'd go for it until Torres comes back. But otherwise I, I'm not, I'm not on board. Um, doesn't do it for me. So I'll ask both Mike and Mike, do you guys feel any differently about him? Is If you guys feel differently, definitely hop in. If you guys think it's a eh, kind of, a, I'm letting him stay on the wire, mm-hmm. then all right, then we can move on. Well, I, I I wrote about him in SP Streamer over the weekend, and I think if if you need speed, he's he's worth a shot. I mean, he's stolen bases and really limited opportunities with the Yankees. I think he's got nine steals over the course of the last two years and about 100 at-bats, 110 at-bats total. And th- that's something, I mean, I don't know anybody that's not chasing steals. The question is, who are you benching to put him in? And mm-hmm. when the, when is Glaber coming back? Because I think when that happens, it's over. Well, and yeah. I actually, I actually prefer Tyler Wade in the role that you guys are talking about of random steals, multi-position mm-hmm. guy. Who, but I'm not. I don't believe in this at all. Like I don't trust. I wouldn't pick him up unless it was like he was the, one of the, one of the only major leaguers on the free agents. Yeah, yeah. I think, so I think this has definitely been the one. Right mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's definitely the one we're probably most out on right now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. Uh, what, what about this guy? Tell me you guys know where that is, what that is. I didn't hear it. I didn't know. <laughs> no? <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Yeah, I think so. Is that Who? SpongeBob? <laughs> it sounds, it sounds like Jack farting. What? <laughs> no, that's Yoshi. Oh, Gio. What? Come on, guys! Dude, so bef- so after hell? so after my time, David. Come on now. But Yoshi, I got two boys who love Mario. I can't believe I didn't get that. Oh, I was never a video game. Okay. There's, there's. I don't think there's a sound I have that has him going, uh, Yoshi. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, I figured on that one. All right. Well, all that Yoshi was for, of course, Yoshi, Yoshi Tsugo. And he, uh, over the last couple of weeks, 
on the Pittsburgh Pirates, he has been producing. He's got a 333 mm-hmm. average and 27 at bats, five home runs, 11 RBIs. Also got nearly a 400 OBP, and his slugging is over a thousand right now. Good for a 1.424 OPS. So, wow, guy that's really just crushing the ball, getting a lot of playing time for the Pirates. I'm gonna start with you, Mr. Mike Carter. Yoshi Tusugo. Does he uh, does he do a lot for the eyes? Is he is he appealing on the eyes to have on your roster? Well, he's got an opportunity, and I think that that's that's something that's important. And um, he's he he's got eligibility at a couple different spot, spots in certain leagues, I believe, too, which might also be helpful to you as well down the stretch. You know, I mean, I think anybody can do anything in a in a week or two burst, as we've seen with a lot of different players. But you know he was he was taken uh, when he went to Tampa as a guy who was a power guy, right? I mean, they thought that he would develop some more power than what he did, and he never really blossomed into that in Tampa. And in Pittsburgh, he's got nobody really standing in his way for playing time. Um, I think he could be a cheap source of power for you down the stretch. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that's getting an opportunity for whatever reason. Now, it was kind of surprising to see him um, get get picked up there in Pittsburgh. I didn't see that one coming, but, um, you know, he's got a chance. He's got an opportunity to play, and he's taking advantage of it so far. No, he really is, and he's he's looked great. And, again, he's going to get a lot of playing time. They just released uh, Gregory Polanco, so that opens up some playing time in the outfield. Uh, I mean, he's, he's definitely somebody that I've got my eye on as well. Uh, but let's go to Michael Richards. I want to talk about this next guy, Kyber Ruiz. And a guy that does not strike out a lot, especially for a catcher, which is pretty impressive. He's had a limited amount of major league experience here. But again, you're a prospect guy. And right now he's the number one in a lot of places for the Washington Nationals. Mm -hmm. And you expect that they're going to let him give every chance to succeed, struggle down the stretch here. So he gets more used to major league pitching. Is he somebody that... I'm in two catcher leagues. Are you looking to roster him? And then even in one catcher league, is it somebody that might appeal to you? Yes. Uh, he's, he's stood out to me all season in the minor leagues. Just the stuff you said, he doesn't strike out. He's, he's developed a lot of power. The series is switch hitter. The nationals are high on him. Uh, I think he's going to be playing the bulk of the time down the stretch. So because of the position, it's just a. It's unless you have like a really good catcher already in place. He's a. He's a clear. I don't know if you want to call it gamble, but I would just. I would just. I would be targeting him hard in two catcher leagues, mm-hmm. and and I would put. I would put him in as someone I would. I would roster over some lower level guy in one catcher league, like if some guy in the middle of the pack. I don't. I can't think of an example. Like if you have like a Mitch Garver or something. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just swap him in. But, you know, so, yeah, I, and, and I do think he's the catcher of the future for that team. And I'm, I'm, I'm really high on him. It's hard to say how a catcher is going to produce down the stretch in, in a pretty small sample size. But because of the position and the hit tool and the power and the playing time, I'm definitely attracted to him. All right. Well, it sounds like Michael Richards and Kyber Ruiz are oh. a match made in heaven there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. The, the endorsement is real. And make sure you pick up Kyber Ruiz if you need any type of catching help. It sounds like he's going to be great for you down the stretch. Dave Funnel, i got to ask you now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to our last hitter here, and a hitter that many are sure are very familiar with, and that's Miguel Sano. And a guy that... I'm out. Does... I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Mike's already out on him. 
Dave, is there any is there any hope more than the inconsistencies he's shown throughout his career at this point? I mean, the last couple of weeks right now, his last 43 at bats, four homers, 12 RBIs, 256 average, which is actually pretty decent for him. But he's got 16 strikeouts over that time. He's nearly 50% rostered consensus among ESPN and Yahoo. Is he somebody that you're going to trust outside of just a couple hot? Like, are you going to use some fab on him if he's a free agent in your league? Or are you letting him sit? Uh, I think at this point, he, he is what he is. He's a power hitter. He's a streaky hitter. So if he gets hot, pick him up, which he has been. And it, once he cools off, he's going to cool off. He's going to strike out. He, but he's going he's gonna to get the playing time, too. Because the Twins, they're... They're not good. They're not good at all. Like everything that could have gone wrong for that team this year went wrong. And uh, like he's going to play. So if you see him getting hot, like he is, I would take a chance, but I'd be ready to, to just replace him. No, because he's going to, he's going to strike out and he's not going to don't do it. He is what he is. Like he raised his batting average to like, what, what is he? Two, two twenty right now. Or something stop, like stop, Dave. Stop. <laughs> You're not take, you're not take, you're not taking him either. You're not going to convince me that you are. There's oh, no yeah, way. No, no. no, see that's what I'm saying. See that's what I'm saying. So like there's no way you can take this guy. There's like what are you going to do with him? I mean, he's he's streaky as all get out, right? We talked about that already, but you know, I, I just I don't understand. He's hurt me so badly in the past. Like I just can't <laughs> I can't go back. That's what you know? sounds personal. No, it's you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, you, you ever have a we always have guys, don't we, that we love that we love, like almost like secretly love, and we're like, wow, I'm gonna get this guy like super late in a draft or whatever, and then they're a total dud. I call mm-hmm. it's like it's like my Carl Crawford syndrome. Like I was I had I had to have Carl Crawford every year, no matter what. I was like, Sally and I was gonna get Carl Crawford, and he hits like eight home runs and like steals twelve bases and I lose because he didn't do anything, right? So like Sano is kind of like that guy to me. It's like you know. It's so tantalizing when he hits it. He hits it so damn hard and so far, but he just doesn't hit it enough. His expected batting averages are always in the low two hundreds, and he's going to get thirty home runs. But is he hurt? Is he helping you more than he's hurting you? I, I don't feel that way. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you're not you're not dropping a first baseman that you already have for him. First base is pretty deep. Maybe in the right matchup, if if you want to stream him in there, if you want to put him on the bench and just, but oh, no, no. Forget it. No, you're right, Mike. So what? We'll, we'll, My work here is done. <laughs> let's let's finish these players and let's talk about somebody that I'm going to be interested to hear. We're going to go around the horn with this last guy. So we'll start with Dave and then go around here. Ranger Suarez, who has been very very interesting over his last 27 innings, has given you a 2.03 ERA, a 1.31 WHIP, has what's it? What is it? Uh, 23 strikeouts in 27 innings. So strikeout stuff isn't great, but but there's always a big but. He has a 64.7% ground ball percentage, mm-hmm. which is nearly 20% higher than the major league average. The man just loves having the ball hit the dirt when it's put into play. Fly ball percentage is under major league average, which is great for him. Line drive percentage as well. The man is, is just doing a great job limiting weak contact, 6.4%. We contact right now, which is an almost double the major league average there. So, Dave, I, I haven't seen him as a free agent too many leagues right now. Um, right now, at the moment, he's 42% rostered consensus among ESPN and Yahoo there. So, in those leagues, he seems like he's a little bit more available than maybe what like NFBCs would have. But if he's, if you see 
Ranger Suarez. He's on my waiver wire. What am I doing? I, I am picking him up. I I know he's a two-pitch pitcher, but he's trying to work in his changeup right now. And if he can get that going, it's just it I I, I like him down the stretch a lot. He's gonna play for a good team that will help him get the wins. And um I, I like what I'm seeing out of him. I also like that he's at least in Yahoo. I know he's SPRP eligible as well, so you could slot him in somewhere else as well. Mm-hmm. Especially in points leagues too, that helps out. But no, I'm I'm on board the uh, the Ranger Suarez train right now, and um, I'm I'm picking him up if if I can and if I if I need him for sure. Okay, so Mike, are you? Let, let's are talk you? about let's let's talk about how stupid I am. Okay, for a minute. So here's what happened. I have him in ESPN Home League. I had him as a relief pitcher when he was when he was closing for Philadelphia, right? And I I decided uh, I had a chance to win the league. I decided I'm going to make a trade for more pitching, right? Makes sense. So I got you Darvish and Kyle Hendricks, and I traded some prospects that I had to get these guys thinking down the stretch this is what's going to happen. Well, this other guy then said, hey, do you, do you have any interest in Will Smith? I go, sure, you know. So I, I make a trade for Will Smith, and I that, now I have a glut of relievers. And this was before they put Suarez into the rotation. And so I'm like, I'm going to hold on to him for a couple starts to see what he does. Well, his first couple starts, he only pitched like two or three innings. I'm like, to hell with this. I can't afford to have this guy. So I ended up cutting him, and I think I, I picked up like Chris Paddock or something. Shame on me, right, because this guy is the real deal. Like he looks really, really good, and he looks really, really good in the rotation for a team that's really trying to fight and make the playoffs. So long story short, anybody who's watching or watching or listening, don't listen to me. I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Look what I just did. <laughs> I, I could still win the league, but I should have kept Suarez. I mean, he's really, really very good. So sounds like we're all going with this Suarez train. Michael Richards, are you uh, are you going to be the conductor of this train? I'm not going to be the conductor, but I'll agree with you guys. I'm more familiar with him as a prospect in the Rangers organization. So I haven't yet shifted my mind from that guy to the starting pitcher I see now. So this is I'm a little bit surprised, actually, by the success he's having because of the lack of strikeouts. But like you said, you guys made a good good points. He's actually using three pitches. Great ground ball percentage, you know, and, and he's doing well. His FIP's good. There's there's really no reason. And it seems like they're they're giving him a chance to stretch out and become a starter. He hasn't, this version of Ranger Suarez hasn't really been given a chance to show what he can do as a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me alone is intriguing enough to give him a shot. All right. I like it. Ranger Suarez. If he's on your free agent waiver wire, your fab, wherever you can pick him up, go get Ranger Suarez. That's going to conclude the informative baseball part of the show. So now we're going to get to the fun part, starting with the question of the week. Got to keep those short so we don't get copyright infringement. So we're working <laughs> on that right now. Uh, Question of the Week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play and get up to $100 of your deposit matched when you become a new user and you use our code. So we've done a lot of questions of the week on this show. And we've done one every single week for about a year and a half. So there's you can calculate the amount of questions we've asked. This might have been the proudest one I've ever come up with because it just hit me one day when I was in the middle of hallway duty at school and I was like, this is going to be fun. So the question this week is, if you were marketing for Major League Baseball, 
they in charge they put you in charge of a commercial and what would your commercial entail so the things you have to include there needs to be four players in your commercial you need to give us an overall kind of theme of what the commercial is and then what are you overall just pitching to the audience are you pitching them to watch more games are you pitching player likeness for them to kind of learn these guys that maybe they don't know and the kids can be like hey i saw him on a commercial i know who he is so give us what is going to be all in your commercial i think i'm going to win this one i actually when i i came up with a pretty good one so we might have to vote at the end for the one that's not your own and see which one gets it so why don't we start with michael richards because he looked like he got something to prepare for it so i, I want to say what do you got to start out okay well i'll start by saying i don't watch a bunch of tv and I don't really like advertising, so this was tough for me to get, <laughs> get in there mentally. So, because I know you're trying to attract viewers, so you know, baseball has changed. the The viewers have changed. You know, I would, I would, my thinking would be, I'd, I would need to get the stars involved. My thinking would be, uh, Otani would be one of them. Tatis would be another, and then. Probably Acuna and Soto. You could have Mike Trout in there. My thinking would be it'd be something along the lines of like a four-part commercial where each each player it shows like a montage of their career starting when they were young, and then at the end of the commercial it shows them walking into some door or something, and then each commercial's like that, and then they all meet up and the whatever showing like their different uh, cultures and everything. And just the different things that they had to go through to get there. You're trying to bring some sort of familiarity with the best players and some sort of emotional attachment to it all. You know, showing showing little leagues highlights and different things like that brings brings your mind. Mm-hmm. So, like that, that would be the main idea behind it. Okay, I dig it. I dig it. All right, Mr. Mike Carter, what's in your commercial? So I, you know, here's my thought. So we're going we're going Iowa corn game on this thing, okay? So we're doing we we're, we have the White Sox and the Yankees. I'm I'm totally serious. The Yankees and the White Sox played in that game. It was a great game. I'm sure you guys watched it. It was the most highly rated game uh, in the last 15, 16 years for MLB. So my idea is we have Tim Anderson and uh, Aaron Judge and Tati probably Tatis, um, maybe Otani, guys from four totally different walks of life. Uh, all minority players because MLB does a terrible job of marketing the game. Mm-hmm. My my kid has to stay up till ten o'clock at night to watch a Sox game, right? I mean, it's just not it's not appropriate. So it would be meeting in the cornfield and you know maybe doing a you know beating up a copy of Rob Manfred or something like that. But <laughs> but no, but seriously, that game was so fun and it was it was they have to market that better in that regard. So I would have them meeting in the corn and comparing notes on something and then going out and showing them doing their bat flips and their celebrations and everything. All the little the 11-year-old boys that I coach on my team, these guys got all the mannerisms down. They are watching Tatis, they are watching Otani. It is so fun. It reminds me of when I was a kid. And the game has changed so much since I was a little kid. However, the one thing that doesn't change is that kids love that game once they get exposed to it. And once they learn how to play it, they love it. They've got good instincts. They want to learn how to do it. They've got to market these guys. They've got to put games on TV during the week. They've got to put them on at a time when kids can watch them. And damn it, bring back the Saturday game game of the week on NBC when I was a kid. We had, you know, 
Joe Caragiola and, you know, Vin Scully and Tony Kubek and these guys calling games. We lived for that because there was no cable when I was a kid. So MLB baseball, do something about your problem. Market your game, market your product, market your superstars. Jack is 11 years old and is a huge baseball fan. He's seen Mike Trout play three times on TV. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Why, what are they doing? It's almost like they're purposely trying not to do it. Yeah, and it's been a problem for a long time. Uh, they've been You have the NFL and NBA guys that you see on all these commercials and, and doing things and all these endorsements, and it's like MLB's definitely behind the eight ball on that. So well, David, NFL's on, what, four or five nights a week, right? It used to yeah. just be it used to just be Sunday. Now it's Monday. What they got a Thursday game or whatever now, right? We got to mm-hmm. watch two crappy teams like the Bears play, right? So wh- why isn't MLB doing that? Wh- what's the holdup? Like I'm sure that it's probably money and somewhere somebody needs to get paid for it, and I get that. But I mean, we're going to lose a generation of kids to other sports or doing other things, mm-hmm. and it's the greatest. You'll never convince me that baseball isn't the greatest game that's ever been invented. You'll never convince me of it. Try, it Dave. We Go need, ahead, Dave. <laughs> we need to definitely market it better. And I'm hoping someone from Major League Baseball is watching this so they can get some ideas and then they can pay us the royalty fees for using them. So Yeah, I want to retire. I'm close to retirement. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> Dave, what's your commercial? Uh, okay, so Mike, so, so what you're saying is you don't like local blackouts? You, you, you <laughs> don't want to watch? No. Okay. Nah. <laughs> Okay, so my idea is a lot less serious than the last two. <laughs> um, I I was going to try and incorporate uh, The Simpsons into it with uh, how they, that amazing episode. And uh, somehow maybe it's like the, the new guys, like it's a home run derby. So it's like Alonzo and Soto or something, some marketable players against like some of the old ones, uh, Griffey and always got to get Griffey involved uh, and uh, anyone else. And then... Uh, let's just say uh, the bat breaks and then all of a sudden you see Homer hand over the wonder bat and it's just it, MLB comes together and I don't know, something like that. I, I get it. I, anytime you can incorporate the Simpsons, I think that's awesome. hundred percent. hundred So for mine, I think you guys are missing one key thing that I think we need and we need social media engagement to be involved, right? Because people want absolutely to stretch. And so here's my idea for a commercial. So it's a whodunit. You have Fernando Tatis, Bryce Harper, Bo Bichette, and Nick Castellanos. I, I, I want stars, obviously, but I also like mixing in some guys that look like they could just be bad. Like Bo Bichette and Nick Castellanos have like mean mugs. Yeah, they I do. Like, yes, yeah, so I feel like they would fit in the theme of my commercial. And they're like stars that I don't think get enough marketing either. So it's a whodunit. And you're going to have like a detective, two detectives on the scene, and they're going to look at crimes that are happening, right? They're going to, or, or so-called like incidents. So you're going to see them with like a notepad. The first thing that they see is they see a bunch of destroyed baseballs, right? Like balls that are just like torn up, ripped apart. And they're just like, oh man, like, like who could have done this? Like who would have, who could have destroyed these baseballs like that hard? And like you find a clue in the each commercial that, ah. that, like, that like ties you in with, with like who it could be. The next See, it's a commercial series, right? So it's not just the same commercial. Great the idea. Series, the next series they make, they might find a pitching machine that's been dented because, like, they hit the ball so hard back at it that, like, the machine was destroyed. The next commercial, you might see an outline of somebody that was hit by, like, a home run ball or something that they hit. And this is where they laid, like, after they, like, hit, got hit by the ball or something like that. 
and each each commercial has a clue and then the company puts out like emily's like you know who do you think after this commercial who do you think it is and they put it like to a twitter vote and everybody can like vote who they think it is and like you'll see like you know Bo Bichette being clipped like man it ain't me like look at him or something like you know you could have like some kind of cool thing with like a series like that and I feel like that would play with the kids because like the kids could could get involved with like the mystery part of it and doing that the adults would kind of like it because it's something different so mm-hmm. doing some kind of whodunit and then like the fourth or fifth commercial in the series you finally find out who it is so there's build up to it and can we just say for sure it's not Miguel Sano <laughs> <laughs> not enough balls make contact with his bat for it to be him. <laughs> uh, uh, but that's a good idea that i love it idea. i love it it's, i don't know something different i feel like you got to get the social media you got to have something that's going to keep having people want to like keep tuning in like i'm like oh they're yeah. going to do the next series of that commercial today i'm going to tune in and watch to see what the next clue could be or something mm-hmm. something different mm-hmm. okay well that was fun good questions of the week here now we're going to move into the last segment of the night, which is going to be our game of the week. Where is it? Where's my button? Got to cut it early. Got to watch those copyrights. Okay. <laughs> okay, Is I allowed so, to say Simpsons or should I have changed? That? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. No copyright. <laughs> uh, so our question of the week is called who's on top. And I'm going to say this annoying thing. Who's on top? Every single time I do a different one. So I'm making it a jingle. So these were, fortunately, now that I'm back in school, I, I wasn't able to do the stats as of today. So when I had time, it was on Monday afternoon. So these were going into uh, these were going into Monday evenings games, these stats. So again, they might have changed a little bit since yesterday. But at this, these were, again, as of yesterday. So what we're going to do is you get to tell me who's on top of that specific category. There's four hitting categories and four pitcher categories. I'm going to give you four names, and then you tell me who's on top. That hmm. makes sense? I like right. this idea. Okay. I'm, so, I'm probably going to be terrible at it, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll go like Dave, and then Mike Carter, and then Michael Richards, and then the next one, Doc, will start off, and so on and so forth. Everybody get their guesses in. And math was my worst subject in school, so you guys might have to keep track of your own score. All right? Oh, boy. Good. All right. First one, home runs. Who's on top? Mitch Hanniger, Adolis Garcia, Brandon Lau, or Aaron Judge? Oh, boy. Starting with Dave. Uh, let's go Brandon Lau. Brandon Lau. Mike? Um, I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go Lau, too. Going Lau, Richards, Brandon Lau. Oh, we are all on the board. Rarely early. Very nice, gentlemen. That is correct. Brandon Lau has, as of again going into Monday's games, thirty home runs. Aaron Judge, Adolis Garcia, and Mitch Kaniger all had twenty-nine. So nice Ooh, job. Ah, wow. I thought Haniger had twenty-nine. I have him on one of my teams. I was trying to remember. <laughs> all right, the hmm. second one we got is batting average. Who's on top? We've got Austin Riley. Bryce Harper, Tim Anderson, and Brian Reynolds. Starting with Mike Carter. Hmm. Well, I would have said TA a couple weeks ago, but I don't think it's him. I think it's I think it's Harper. All right, Doc is going with Harper. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Austin Riley. And Dave? Uh, I don't know how they've been doing lately, but I'm gonna take Brian Reynolds. 
And the correct answer is Austin Riley. So Wow. Nice job, Michael. Michael Richards, oh. Michael Richards gets that one. Uh, the batting averages were Austin Riley, 304. Bryce Harper, 302. Tim Anderson, 301. And Brian Reynolds, 299. Wow. They're all pretty close. Yeah. Uh, I made sure that every single one is close together. So they'll, uh, yeah, it's going to be by like one, like one of this or a couple percent. Yeah, those are all, re- those are good ones, David. They're really tight. Yeah. All right. This next one is something that if you guys look up, I'll be very impressed. And it's doubles. So the, these oh, are God. the, some of the top guys in doubles here. We have Colton Wong, Ty France, Mookie Betts, and Shohei Hotani, starting with Michael Richards. Oh, boy. I'm going to go with Ty France. All right, Dave? Yeah, that was my first guess. I'll say Ty France. Just because his name doesn't seem like it belongs there, I think it's probably Ty France. And Ty France is locked in. The correct answer is Ty France. Nice job, gentlemen. All right. So we got – I actually kept track so far. Michael's got three. And then you each have two, I believe. So uh, some lead. We've still got five more to go. We're going to get a little bit more obscure with some of these. And now we've got hitters with the most strikeouts. Okay. Ooh. There could be a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> so who's on top of hitting strikeouts here? We've got Willie Adamas, Chris Taylor, Miguel Sano, and Randy Arozarena, starting with Dave Funnel. See, I want to say Sano because it's it Is seems it so obvious, but I will go. Um, what, what were the other three? Sorry, Rosarena, uh, Willie Adamas, and Chris Taylor. I'll take I'll take Adamas. Adamas Just... for Dave Carter. Well, I know th- I think I know this because I ju- I was trying to figure out if I should keep this guy or not, and I was looking right, at so his Mike, strikeouts, and it was staggering. Mike, go ahead before you. This is the gamesmanship part that you're that you're. Uh, I, I would thought you were a vet by now. When you say that and you sound confident, then you know that Michael Richards can just copy you. Yeah, but he <laughs> but he 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 could be he could be right and I could be wrong. That's true. I, I'm just guessing because I saw this guy strikeouts and I was like, what the hell, Chris Taylor? He's got a okay. shit ton of strikeouts. Okay, I, I was going to say Chris Taylor. Oh uh, well, I will say you two are correct. It is Chris Taylor. That's okay, because even if Michael beats me, he's still going to send me the ball hair trimmer. <laughs> That's well, true. That was very impressive by you, Doc, because I had I was shocked, too, when I saw his name. So Chris Taylor, 142. Willie Adamas, 140. Miguel wow. Samuel, 139. And Randy Rosarena, 138. You would not think that Adamas had that many strikeouts, would you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised they both had more than Miguel Sano. Honestly, like that was that was kind of mind boggling. It's the eyesight; he can see now. He can see, <laughs> he can see in Tampa. <laughs> so we're going to the pitchers now. We got four pitcher ones, and we're starting with quality starts. So Ooh. who's on top? Frankie Montas, Corbin Burns, Joe Musgrove, or Wade Miley? Starting with Doc. Hmm. I'm going to say Wade Miley just for the hell of it. Wade Miley for Doc. Michael Richards. I feel like I'm being tricked here in this one. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't saying nothing. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going with Wade Miley also. Wade Miley. Dave. Yeah, I'm Wade Miley. He's so underrated this year. All right, so we are all on the Wade Miley train. Is that the answer? (laughs) That is not correct. All right, we got a unanimous wrong one here. The correct answer is Frankie Montas with 15 wow. quality starts. Wow. 
Corbin Burns with 14, Joe Musgrove with 13, and Wade Miley also had 14 quality starts. So wow, that was uh, about that. Yeah, so that was very uh, that's wild. But uh, yeah, uh, so I'm. Hey, there's our, art. There, a little guy, little cheesecake checking in here. Uh, <laughs> so, I believe right now, still, you have a one point lead, Michael over Doc, and you have a two point lead over Dave. We got three left here. Next one, who's on top for Holtz? The ah. old leaders here, and I actually took these. These are again near the top, not quite the top here. So the choices are Devin Williams, Adam Adovino, Chad Green, and Luke Jackson. Starting, I believe, with uh, Michael Richards. Hmm. I'm going to go with Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson. Dave? Uh, I'll take Adovino. Adovino. Mike? It is Luke Jackson because I write a bullpen column every week, so these are things that I have to know. Surprisingly, uh, Luke Jackson, who was closing last year for Atlanta at this time, right? So, the handicap helps with him writing his <laughs> article. That is use it to your advantage. I like it. That is nice. It is Luke Jackson. Uh, he has twenty three holds. Yes, Devin Williams with twenty one, Adam Adovino with nineteen, and Chad Green with seventeen. I think Blake Trinan is still the leader, but mm-hmm. as of yesterday. So we have two left here. So uh, I don't know if, if Dave can pull this out here. No, no pressure, Michael Richards. But no pressure. We're still going to all play. So the next one, who's on top of K's per nine? We've got Charlie Morton, Tyler Molly, Brandon Woodruff, and Zach Wheeler. Starting with Dave. Let's go with uh, Molly. Molly, Mike. I think it's Molly too. Richards, can you you repeat the other three? Yes, it's Molly, Charlie Morton, Brandon Woodruff, and Zach Wheeler. I'll go with Zach Wheeler. Well, for the second time in this game, you are all incorrect. The correct answer is Charlie Morton with a 10.7K per nine. Tyler Molly 10.6, Brandon Woodruff 10.5, and oh. Zach Mueller 10.4. I love Charlie Morton. It's pretty crazy. He's he's uh, looked as good as he ever has right now. So maybe hopefully he'll keep playing the way he's going. Uh, last one. Now, Doc, I believe you need to get this one right, and Richards has to get it wrong for you to tie, and then I'll have an emergency one I'll pull up for the tiebreaker. Oh, boy. It happens. But your undefeated streak is on the line. Right yeah, now. I think it's over, man. So the final who's on top is home runs allowed by pitchers here. So this one I actually took. This is the top four in the leaderboard. Okay. So if you looked up your home runs allowed, you have a good side inside track here. So Hmm. the choices are Jordan Lyles, Patrick Corbin, Mike Fultonevich, or Kyle Hendricks. And I believe we are starting with you, Doc. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks. All right. Mike Richards. I'm going to make a strategy move here and also take Kyle Hendricks. <laughs> <laughs> you're sending love- me you're sending me that ball hair trimmer, Richards. Oh, it's that mine. Was, that was fantastic. I will. I will. That, that's smart. That's that a great very, that's a great strategy. It is. Dave, what about you? What do you think? Uh, I'll go Mike Fultonevich. 
Well, I will say, Dave, you finished strong. It is Mike Fultonevich. Oh, wow. And the blocking strategy from Michael Richards did work. <laughs> the correct order is Mike Fultonevich with 34 home runs allowed. Oh, my God. Jordan Lyles with 33. Patrick Corbin with 31. And Kyle Hendricks with 28. So, uh, I will say, though, Michael Richards coming in as a newbie, taking down yeah. the 2-0, Dr. Mike Carter. For that, you definitely get the... Uh, the crowd cheer for that. Nice job. See, see, David. The problem is, is that I'm usually going against Eric and Art, so yeah. <laughs> they're e- they're pretty easy to beat. You know, these guys. This is tougher competition, man. That's right. We have to step it up. Make sure you, no one can get to that three and zero mark. Not and, then, and then, and then, Michael used a strategy move to totally cock block me. <laughs> <laughs> so Has like, anyone I'm, used the strategy before? So it's always uh They always are like, "Do I want to do it, or would I rather just like go out on a limb and just?" Do it. Like it's, we've seen like a mix of both, so it's. I like it's to lock great. up the victory and then give him the reward. <laughs> oh, that's just a, the, the the joke about that was that the the one time that I was on that was one of the advertisements that they were doing, and I said, "Well, do I win something from this?" And they said, "If you win the th- if you come back on a third time and you win, then you can get something." So I'm just kidding. I'm I'm just so thrilled to be able to be on with you guys. It's a blast. I have so much fun. Oh man, it, I mean that it is a blast with with. Always with you, Mike. And, and now having to be able to have you guys on, this was an absolute treat. Uh, the Roto Fanatic crew does it hard. They do it well. This is a great group. And, and on that note, I want to give you guys a chance to plug all the great stuff you guys are doing. If anybody's not following these guys, make sure they know where they can follow you, all that good stuff. So, so Dave, go ahead and lead us off here. Oh, and uh, yeah, first of all, thank you for everything. And this was a lot of fun. Love everything you guys do as well. So um, thank you. Well, except that LeBron is overrated. Uh, that wasn't my bit. That was Doc. That was all Doc. He, that, he did a great job on that. <laughs> <laughs> Found a lot of holes in that. But um, I, I am over at uh, Road of Fanatic. I do the infirmary report uh, every week. Um, I'm at Prospects 1500. I write about the twins. And uh, you can follow me at uh, S-P-O-R-T-Z underscore N-U-T-T-5-1. Dave Funnel. Thank you. Great follow. You all need to make sure you catch up and get to following him, following all the great work kids. If you are not already, Doc got the trusty baseball always in hand. One of <laughs> one of my one of my favorite guys. So pumped to have you back on. You've tied a triple play record. This is no one three times on the show. I think you and Bubba and Toby and Eric Cross are oh the my only God. Ones that, the three. Like so. Talk about honest. one. Talk about one thing that doesn't belong there. No, it's, it's you belong <laughs> all the same, my friend. It's it's always a blast having you. I appreciate you coming on as well. Yeah, it's a, it's always good with you guys. You know, the first time I ever was on a podcast was with you guys, and you hit it off the right way. And I, I really enjoyed being on with you guys. I come on anytime uh, you would want me to come on. Um, geez, I'm at. Uh, I have the worst Twitter handle besides Dave. Um, <laughs> at at, at MDRC zero and. Uh, Number five for George Brett, number eight for uh, Cal Ripken, two of my favorite players of all time. Um, and I work for four different websites right now. Um, my ho- my first website that I ever worked for is Nine Any Know It All. I'm representing them tonight with my T-shirt. But my main site is Roto Fanatic, where I do the closing remarks piece on a weekly basis um, using Paul Mamino's uh, Data Monster, which is pretty fantastic. I also do low-owned players for SP Streamer, guys that are owned at twenty percent or less of. Uh, NFBC leagues and try to help you find some value there. And I'm also doing two start uh, pitchers for uh, fan tracks, which is probably the hardest piece I write every week because I never get it right. <laughs> it's a it's a tough task, man. It, it's a, yeah. It's a, 
you're doing you're doing the Lord's work with that because that is that is not easy. So, but I'm really lucky to be able to have an opportunity. I mean, you know, a, a year ago at this time, before when I came on with you guys, nobody knew who I was. I didn't really know who I was either. I, you know, and I, I'm on Twitter now. I got a couple thousand people following me that seem to enjoy what I have to say and and uh, the work that we do. And I just love the fantasy baseball community and hoping that we can continue to grow it and make it more inclusive for everybody who wants to be part of it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. fantastic. Everything that you do, fully endorse all that you got going on and all that you do. You're a very hard worker, as you can tell by all the stuff that you're doing. And uh, it's been awesome watching you grow and, and your followers and your presence. And uh, couldn't happen to a better guy, honestly. So I appreciate that, David. Thank you so much. Of course. And, and of course, I'm not going to forget one of our superstars also on this panel, Michael Richards, prospect guru. Very nice to have you on the show as well being able to meet you face to face, make sure you let everybody know what you got going and all that you do. All right, David, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was a big surprise and it's a big thrill for me because I, I enjoy what you guys do and have been following you for a while. Thank you. Uh, you can find uh, my work at uh, Roto Fanatic. I'm working on uh, updating top 20, top 25 lists for each organization. And it's going to turn into a giant dynasty list probably 600 plus players that I'm going to be able to update uh, every day. So it's a big project I've been working on for a long time. And at uh, Prospects 1500, like you said earlier, I'm the High West uh, affiliate, I guess. And I'm just uh, pumping out a few more articles on the teams that I haven't covered. Next up is the Spokane Indians, Colorado Rockies affiliate. That's going to be awesome. Make sure... Uh, we'd love to make sure we can help you in any way. So when you put that piece out, we'll definitely make sure we can retweet to get it out there. Some more people, they need to make sure they, they see that. Um, that's awesome work that you're doing. And again, thank you to an awesome panel of Roto Fanatic guys. Make sure you check out rotofanatic.com, all the great stuff that they're doing over there and, and all the great uh, stuff that Roto Fanatic does. So uh, very appreciative of these guys. If for those that watch Triple Play, listen to the podcast, ever you consume Triple Play Fantasy, truly appreciate you guys each and every single week. Next week, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be off. I'm getting married this weekend, and then I have my honeymoon. So Wait, uh, what? What? <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, no, she, is she actually going to do it? <laughs> as far as I know, she has a couple days to change her mind. I mean, is she, st- is she still there? She's in New Jersey right now getting stuff ready. For oh, yeah, I so. bet she is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. getting a plane out of here. But uh, Doc's going to handle the show. He's going to bring on some people. So I have no idea what he's got going on. But, oh, God. It uh, might be yeah. a fiasco. I, I, um, I don't know if I should listen or tune in. It's going to Ho- Hopefully, he won't be recording from his closet again. <laughs> he's got a house now, luckily. Oh, that's good. good. But uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting show. So make sure you like the doc. You check that one out next week. But until then, everyone be safe out there. Enjoy another week of baseball. And we're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.